Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 5th of January, and my name is Helen Freer. Equity markets seem to be struggling so far this year, although European indices did finish the day in the green yesterday. I'll be talking today about all the latest market news with my colleague Lucia Chachulovic. And Dario Messi also joins us this morning, and I'll be getting Dario's thoughts on how fixed income markets have started the year. But first up is Lucia. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Helen. So equities haven't started the year very well, but European markets did manage to recover a bit yesterday and closed higher, although the US still struggled. Could you start, please, Lucia, by telling us a bit more about the main market moves yesterday? Sure. So as you said, European stocks were up yesterday. And this, despite inflation figures from Germany and France showing that consumer prices are still rising, and the Eurozone PMI figure showing that economic output continued to contract. So with this in mind, let's see if they can hold on to their gains today. Uh, meanwhile, in the US, all three major stock indices are on track to close the week lower, which would break their nine-week winning streaks. The Nasdaq Composite Index suffered the biggest losses this week. It's being weighed down by a cooling off in large cap technology stocks. And this is because stretched valuations and uncertainty over when the Federal Reserve will start cutting interest rates have investors worried that markets have become overly optimistic. And just more generally, the consensus among investors is that markets have been overdue for a pullback after stocks soared at the end of last year. Traders will now turn their attention to the monthly U.S. payrolls report later today, as well as further European inflation data to gauge whether or not central banks have room to cut rates. Okay. And speaking of which, we already had a glimpse into the labour market yesterday with December jobless claims coming in below expectations. And there was data showing that US companies ramped up their hiring. Has this had an impact on rate expectations and treasuries? Well, yes. So the strong jobs data from yesterday sparked doubts about how soon and how deeply the US Federal Reserve could actually start cutting rates. So 10-year treasuries extended declines yesterday with the yield touching 4%. And Bloomberg reported that the benchmark rate for everything from mortgages to loans has added about 12 basis points since the start of the year. And they point out that swap traders trimmed their bets on Fed easing after the job data yesterday. Traders now see a 65% chance that the Fed will cut rates in March. And only one week ago, this was still at 85%. And coming back to Europe, yesterday we got reports that UK mortgage rates are finally falling as markets are expecting the Bank of England to start cutting interest rates towards the middle of the year. Could you tell us a bit more about this? Sure. So HSBC and Halifax, which is UK's largest mortgage lender, both announced sharp cuts to their residential mortgage rates. Halifax, for example, dropped its two-year fixed rate from 5.6% to 4.8%. Only last summer, this rate hit a 15-year high of 6.6%. And You know, the mortgage rate cuts come amid broader signs of resilience in the UK housing market, but overall uncertainty is likely to continue to dampen buyer confidence. And just quickly, while speaking of the UK, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has faced growing calls from opposition parties for a general election in May, but he dismissed them yesterday, suggesting a vote in autumn. 
Okay, now Asian equity markets are also set for weekly falls with South Korea leading the declines. But I'd like to talk about Japan. They've had two tragic events to digest, the massive earthquake firstly, and then the airplane collision. I see the Nikkei is up for today, but what about the currency? How has that fared? So investors now speculate that it will be harder for the Bank of Japan to abolish its negative interest rates at a time when the economy or really the country as a whole, needs the monetary policy support. The Japanese yen weakened against the US dollar on these speculations, and it is currently trading above 145, down around 3.1% for the week. Okay, so I know we had Norbert on the show yesterday talking about oil, um, but it seems some new reports came out yesterday about the US oil inventory that have pushed prices a bit lower, right? Yes, that's right. The latest data from the US showed that US gasoline stocks were rising while demand was falling. So this oversupply temporarily pushed prices lower. But the tensions in the Middle East and North Africa overturned this and oil prices rose slightly overnight. All right. And just finally, Lucia, what can investors expect for the day ahead? So as mentioned at the very start, data points from the U.S. job market, such as the non-farm payrolls figures or the unemployment rate will be key data points today, together with Eurozone's CPI and PPI data. And for where markets are headed today, European futures are mixed but down for the major markets and U.S. futures are still in the red. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Lucia, for the good overview this morning. Thanks for having me, Helen. Now, Dario, good morning and welcome to the podcast today. Good morning, Helen. Firstly, then, we're a few days into the new year. How has it started for bond markets? Yeah, we we actually saw already quite some moves. Uh, Lucia mentioned it before, the 10-year US Treasury yield uh, back above this 4% mark again. Um, Yesterday, we also had the, the European curves up some 10 basis points across the board. So I would say definitely less bond friendly when we compare to the unbroken slide uh, in yields that we had uh, during the last weeks of, of 2023. Um, but remember back then, the 10-year treasury also dropped from 5% to 3.8%. Um, so basically, some counter moves that we are seeing in the board markets during the first uh, few trading days so far. Okay, so not as bond-friendly as the last few weeks of 2023, you say. Why is this, do you think? And what data will we be watching now to get an idea of where markets go next? Yeah, first of all, um, a lot of rate cut expectations went already into bond prices during November and December last year. Um, This always means that there is some potential for setbacks. Uh, Remember, we discussed this during uh, recent episodes of this podcast as well. And now we actually really see also or saw this counter move. Uh, we discussed it also back then. The, the labor market is important. You mentioned it before together with Lucia. In the US, we had a quite a decent first glimpse into the labor market with the ADP report. Um, in our view, it still seems that the imbalance actually between supply and demand in the labor market is improving. And here, uh, today's job report will definitely give them the next impulse. These days, we are also getting inflation prints in Europe. Uh, you mentioned it before. Germany, France, year-on-year inflation figures moved again away from this uh, 2% target. This gave a kind of a mild pushback on early rate cuts by the ECB. But still, also here, I would definitely argue that the disinflation process is still ongoing. Underlying inflation is coming down. And uh, 
Well, the December readings were definitely also just influenced by well-known base effects, uh, such as the energy subsidies in Germany. Um, will definitely also be interesting to see what we get next out of the US in terms of inflation. But overall, to summarize here, we had now some fundamental data which could just not continuously feed already excessive uh, rate cut expectations so far this year. And in terms of our fixed income strategy, that is unchanged, I guess? Yes, unchanged. Uh, absolutely. The focus is still on, on quality, longer duration bonds. Um, as I mentioned before, after these big moves the, um, that we had last year, there is always some potential for some setback. But the direction in our view didn't change. We are entering the year which will be about continued disinflation and with that also about rate cuts. And this simply means that investors really need to consider reinvestment risks. These are getting more and more imminent by now. So when you only invest in, in short-term debt, yes, you get a decent yield, but by definition only for this really short period of time. Uh, then you need to reinvest and chances are increasing that you will do this at a lower rate by then. So to exactly mitigate this reinvestment risk, we think some longer maturities, longer duration bonds are still a very valid option to have in, in bond portfolios. Very good. Thanks very much, Dario. Good to talk to you this morning. Thank you, Helen. So that is all for today. Thank you again to today's guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show and you haven't yet subscribed, then don't forget to do so. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And do join us again next week. I'll be back on Monday talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. So have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.